With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen to the Dodo's new podcast, An Animal Saved My Life, for heroic stories like a pit bull who put herself between her mom and an oncoming train. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. Don't take our word for it. Listen to An Animal Saved My Life on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Rachel, for about the last three months, we've been hearing what the unemployment system in Ohio is like. And look, I get it. It was overwhelming how many people basically lost their jobs Mm -hmm. at once. Yeah. But man, the system got really overwhelmed, apparently, as we've heard. But now I'm reading some figures. This was out of the Inquirer today. And we have the uh, writer here coming up. But uh, this is one of the uh, quotes that she had in here. An increasing number are being ordered of folks who have gotten these benefits to give it all back. According to the department, since uh, mid-March, about 23,500 people have accounts listed as overpaid for reasons other than fraud. Well, what kind of reasons? That's what I want to know. But, yeah, there was, there was one lady, the lead uh, lady in this, she worked at, uh, at B-dubs, okay? Yeah. And governor ordered all restaurants closed. Sure. Ergo, she lost her job. Right. So she filed for unemployment. They first kind of turned her down, and she refiled, appealed it, and ended up getting the uh, benefits. Well, then they contact her, and one day she's thinking she's getting a check in the mail. She goes out and pulls out an envelope that says she owes the state $3,000 for non And the quote is, non-fraud well, reasons. Well, yeah, because these people were not trying to, you know, purposely hoodwink the system by any means. They were unemployed due to COVID-19. Yes. Oh. And that's what I want to talk to our, our guest about. Sid uh, Stanlifer, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing great. And uh, and Sid, so you heard us talking there. Um, what is the what's the reasoning behind this of asking this woman for all this money back? And and as you said, there's over twenty three thousand people who are doing the, going through the same thing. Yeah, and I do want to clarify that um, I don't know if all those twenty three thousand some odd people are having all of the money uh, being told that they have to return all of it or part of it, uh, and it looks like both can happen. And in normal times, when there's not this massive wave of unemployment, it's typical that the department will look back at some claims and say, oh, this person shouldn't have gotten this amount. They need to return whatever they got that was extra. But what's unusual about this is, first of all, just the, the sheer volume of claims that are coming in means that a lot of people are are, are now getting these letters. Are, there's now a wave of people who are being told that they were overpaid. And also that right now and since the beginning of the pandemic, it's really difficult for anyone to get in touch with an ODJFS worker who can help them deal with errors that there might be in the claim that they already filed. Um, another woman that I talked to, she said that she filed all of her weekly claims, but she got a notice saying that she owed back all the 5000 some odd dollars she got because 
Um, there was an unexplained, like, she got paid one week and didn't get paid another week, and they didn't know why. And she says she hasn't worked the entire time since she got furloughed from her job at eCheck. So there are a lot of errors going on on both sides, and it's just really hard to work these out given the current situation with ODJFS. Sid, when uh, people get these checks, they've typically been either furloughed or unemployed for quite some time. They need these checks to live, and then the government is asking them for the money back. What happens if they are living unemployment check to unemployment check, and they don't have any money to give back to the government? Right. That's a good question. Uh, The notices that people are getting say that if they don't return the money, their case will be referred to the Ohio Attorney General's office. I sent a message to the AG uh, a couple of weeks ago asking if they were following through on this. They said they weren't familiar with this at all. Um, Now, the other thing that can happen that does happen in, like, normal times of unemployment is that if, like, the next time they go back and try to file unemployment again because they've lost another job, then basically the department will hold that against them and won't give them any more unemployment benefits until they've basically paid back everything that the department thinks they owe. And uh, also this is uh, heaped on top of the fact that it took an amazingly long time to process all these requests. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I'm seeing a lot of concerns uh, on Facebook pages for people that are applying for the expanded unemployment uh, insurance program called Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, where they're saying that they're looking at the amount amount of money they're getting paid. They know they're being overpaid, and they don't know how how to give it back. And they haven't even been able to apply for the first two months. Um, of the pandemic. So they had to wait until May to put in their applications. They may just now be getting paid. And now they have to worry about, is all this money, do I get to keep all this money or am I going to have to give most of it back? What, how could this impact, um, I guess, going forward, how could this impact people legally if uh, they don't pay back these, right. these funds, these overcharges? Yes, they could not get unemployment in the future, but are they going to face legal charges too, or is that off the table? Well, that's not really clear. Um, I haven't been able to find that out. I don't know if the Ohio Attorney General's Office will will pursue these claims or if they'll turn them over to a collection agency or if because these are strange times that we live in, um, they'll let that go. Um, so it's really hard for me to tell and for the people that are getting these letters to know what's going to happen to them if they just ignore them and don't pay the money back. See, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, uh, and again, obviously, there is fraud that goes on. There's no question about it. But we're talking about people who are coming by this money honestly, and somehow or another, they're uh, being uh, they're qualified as being overpaid. Now, I don't know. That seems to me that's the fault of the state. Am I wrong there? I mean, that's a great question. Um, in, when Kimberly Hall spoke in front of the Ways and Means Committee in, in May, she um, basically said that, especially when it comes to people who have filed employment coming back and filing their weekly uh, confirmations that they still don't have a job every week, there can be a ton of errors. But they also have a lot of new people on the ODJFS side who have been brought on board to deal with this massive influx in claims because of the pandemic, who they're also new. They might... You know, they might be in, they're inundated with calls and working far more than, you know, the former call center workers that they had before the pandemic used to. So it's hard to say who made the error in the first place with a lot of these claims and because it's so hard for them to talk it out and because the department 
the department during normal times would actually send people out where there was a mass layoff and show people how to fill out the paperwork. Now they can't do this. So it's hard to say whose fault it is uh, in each individual case, um, and it's also hard to say how to fix it. Sid, how can people, since they can't get a hold of a representative currently, or it's at least very difficult, how can they even start to dig through the process of making sure that they don't go to jail, they don't have to pay back thousands of dollars, or they don't have their credit ruined by the state because uh, they are just, uh, they basically just messed up paperwork? I mean, I think that's a fantastic question, and unfortunately that's an answer that I don't have an answer to, and unfortunately it's a it's a question that people who are going through the system don't have an answer to. Um, the department has been hiring people and setting up new call center, like voice-operated programs to try and help people uh, deal with frequently asked questions. They've started calling people back. They used to not be able to give you a call back if you called um, while the phone lines were over overburdened, basically. Um, and they started giving people calls back. But basically, a lot of these people, I can't give them any advice about what they should do with their claims because, you know, I don't know what I would do in their situation. And the department's advice is, well, if something's wrong, get a hold of us. But a lot of people just can't. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. You know, a real catch-22 here. Yeah, get right. a hold of us, but you're unreachable. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to ask you. And they all know that's a problem. So well, yeah. Well, good. I hope somebody's working on this because, you know, as as you said, you get one of these things in the mail, and your first reaction, of course, is to try to get it set right. Well, if you can't read somebody to do that for you, mm-hmm. you're uh, you're kind of screwed. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, a lot of people are are reaching out to their congressmen. So actually, one of the people that I talked to for this story, Sarah Burns, um, I only found about her found out about her because she um, had her father, I believe, pass it on personally to Representative Rogers on the Ways and Means Commission, and he brought it up and gave it directly to Kim Hall, the head of ODJFS. Now, if you're not able to personally have someone you know hand a congressman your your appeal and have them pass it on, and I know that um, a lot of the representatives in these committee meetings have said they're getting flooded with calls from constituents who are asking for help with these claims. Um, But, yeah, at this point it seems like the best way to actually get someone to reach you may not even be to go through ADG, um, the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services, but to go to the Ohio Congress, the Ohio legislature. All right. With that, uh, Sid Stanliver, we appreciate you talking to us. Good stuff. Thanks. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. Um, that's good knowledge, man. I I I feel real bad for you if you're going through that kind of thing right now. Isn't that that would suck? Epitome of bureaucracy, though. It's like you you have you roll out these programs, you don't have the ability to staff them appropriately, so things don't get messed up, and then you hold people that really need that money accountable for your mess up. Isn't that? That's what I was asking her. It's like, wait a minute. It looks like they screwed up, but you're being held responsible. I mean, can you imagine Uh, not being able to to pay your bills and then have the government say, oh, that money we gave you that really wasn't all that much? We need it all back now. Right. We check traffic now. Rob, what's going on? From the UC Health Traffic Center, your actions can help save lives. Please help prevent the spread of COVID 19. Just had a guest talking about the weird experiences going on with the Ohio unemployment situation. Yeah, it's overwhelming. More, I, I, 
the figure I saw, and I, I don't know the number, but it was, this is the as many as since the Depression, the Great Depression. Yeah. So I, you can understand where it might be a little overwhelming, but. You still got to give people the opportunity still, right, exactly. to, to make it right. Because, you know, there's so many people out there, they're already dealing with hardship and stress. It's a stressful time if you oh, lose your sure. job. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, the government sends you, hey, we need $5,000 of money you don't have. It's, I just can't imagine being on the receiving end of that. Let's talk to Jeff. So, Jeff, your experience with all this, uh, what's happened to you? Hello, Jeff. Yeah, are you there? Yeah, there you are. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, I uh, am a seasonal employee part-time, and uh, I work during the summer, and I was notified that I was going to be laid off. So I was, I went ahead and applied to the state of Ohio, and I was denied uh, uh, any benefits because I didn't make enough money. Okay. But I then went ahead and applied for the supplemental, uh, the PUA money, and within a week or so, they just dropped four grand in my account. I have no idea how they even calculated it. Okay. So, Jeff, have you received one of these letters yet? Right. As, and if not, are you preparing <laughs> yourself currently to receive one of these letters? <laughs> I put the money in a savings account, and I'm just waiting for that letter. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Jeff. And but again, you see what happened to you, and you hear some of the experiences that this lady wrote about. It's crazy. It's nuts. No, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. It, it kind of sounds that way. And thanks, Jeff. Uh, again, I get it. This is an odd situation. Sure. Hopefully, we'll never live through this kind of thing again. Uh, but right now, we're in the middle of it. Figure it out. Yeah. Just just don't ruin, you know, and it, it's so easy to get your credit ruined. And then exactly it's, it, I, like that's the other thing. And I know that seems silly. We're having what Nathan Backrack come in like here yeah. pretty soon. It's hard to get your credit back in order once something really catastrophic, like a false uh, claim from a state, you know, the government saying that you owe the money is put on your account and that, you know, and then that has to be sorted out over, well, what, two years? Right. Try to try to explain that to a potential creditor. When you go in and they say, hey, when, what's this uh, claim the state had against you? Yeah. And you go, well, it's non-fraud. And they go, well, how could they claim you? That, and they file a claim against you for non-fraud. And you'd be like, I don't know. Because you really don't. And <laughs> exactly. and that's going to impact if you can get an apartment. That's going to impact if sure. you can get a car. So many other things. Yeah, boy. We're going to be talking to Nathan Backrack coming up about the economy. But now it is the news. News Radio 700 WLW. JeffWellerNissan.com. Eddie in with Rachel, who's in for Rocky. Rachel, I just read yesterday, and I've been reading the last couple of days about this big recession. Yeah, didn't even wait for, uh, I think it was. You have to have two quarters back to back with decline, and they didn't even wait for the second one to actually hit. They were just like, "No, we know it's going to happen." So go we're, ahead. We're in a recession. Yeah, so, we're in a recession. Uh, but you know, well, except for like yesterday and today, the stock market's been on fire. Yeah. And I know that's not an indicator of what's going on around it. As we say, it's forward looking. Mm -hmm. But let's ask uh, our good friend Nathan Backrack about it from Simply Money. 
Nathan, how? So what does constitute a recession? Is it what Rachel said, two uh, quarters of uh, negative progress? Uh, that'll work, sure. I mean, that's the official classic textbook. And then, of course, I'm just sitting here doing a little research. And generally, it's a period of economic decline. And you can choose that for whatever uh, period you'd like. Uh, I would maybe put it this way. A recession is when your neighbor loses their job. And a recession, a depression, is when you lose your job, right? That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it depends. If the whole neighborhood uh, disappears, uh, 2008, there were were neighborhoods where literally all the houses, uh, you know, half the street was empty. Uh, You kind of go, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty depressing. I got nobody to play with or talk with or have a beer with in the evening. But, um, yeah, a period. And and listen, we've got some people in Washington, D.C., the National Bureau of Economic Research. They get paid really big money to tell us that we went into a recession. This is like if I was a sports reporter and somewhere last December I had come out with the pronouncement that uh, I think the Bengals are having a lousy season. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Somebody would have said, oh, that's good, Nathan. And and, and uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, you're a sportscaster. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's a mess. Well, how is this going to differ? And I, gotta, I hope it's way different than the last one that we went through there and yeah. uh and the uh oh uh oh fives through uh, 10 there or whatever mm-hmm. um how is this going to differ are we going to recover from this quickly and uh, and hopefully god forbid it should get that bad well we're the thing that's different about this uh, i mean i i think we can say this was not of our own making uh 2008 a bunch of very smart people starting in uh oh whatever uh, figured out ways to slice and dice mortgages and sell them and let you get a mortgage. You could fog a mirror. Okay, good. You're good. You got a mortgage. Uh, oh, no income. You don't have to prove it. Fine. You got a mortgage. Um, you know, that was, you could say that that was of our own making and we could point our fingers specifically at the financial industry. In this case, uh, no matter how you slice it, a bug goes around the world. And what we do know, I mean, the, what we're very clear about is there will come a point in time when first we will get a therapy and then we will get a vaccine and then we will create through the vaccine some herd immunity. And when we finally get to about 60 percent on that through uh, medical means, we'll be able to say, OK, life, at least uh, in terms of how you move around in the economy or in the world, it's going to go back to normal. Now, the question, I think, Eddie, is by then. You know, when you and me and Rachel get together and have a conversation, will the boss have decided, you know, we don't need to have this many people. We can do these broadcasts remotely. I mean, I haven't seen a studio in a couple of months now. And, uh, you know, some people are happy about that. Oh, God, I don't have to put up with him. But on the other hand, many businesses will say, you know, do we really need that office tower downtown? And do we really need... And eventually it's you and the office and the travel and, gee, we're all getting pretty better at that. So that, you know, I think we're going to be different in some ways. Hopefully we'll be different in valuing some things that we uh, always have taken for granted. But um, I'm not sure, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly how it will ultimately all play out, except that I will tell you this much. Uh, I will be one of the last people to get in on an elevator on a big, tall building downtown. You know, and then what you're, you can see, can you imagine going up and about, a, you know, it's a 40 story building and about a t- the floor 10, somebody goes, 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it sounds like they're trying to cough up a hairball and you're just... Right, right. And then everybody else looks around them and they say something stupid like, oh, uh, it's just my Cincinnati allergies. And everybody's going, yeah, we're hitting the button, kid. You're off at the next floor. (laughs) You've been voted off the elevator. Uh, Nathan, uh, it's been going around that a lot of people were unable to pay not only their rent, but possibly their mortgages due to... um, COVID shutdowns, and that led businesses to not pay their mortgages, too. There's some Mm -hmm. talk that that could impact the economy going forward here, uh, not necessarily immediately, but in the future, if people are still unable to, you know, basically pay their mortgages and their bills on time, is that something you're worried about? Well, when you're in when you're in the investment business, you you wake up and you your wife will look at you and go, "Oh, what are you worried about today?" Uh, it just she also, by the way, when wakes me up and goes, uh, "By the way, you're late." I mean, day hasn't started and you're already behind. Um, sure, I worry about that a lot. And the one thing I will say that's different from 2008 and today is that the response by the Federal Reserve and the response by Congress, whether you like the fact that we're writing checks and we're going to figure out how to pay, cover them later or not, it, it, no matter how you feel about that, the fact of the matter is there's tons of money that has been out. It's not getting everywhere as quickly as it needs to be. Got that. No matter if you're on the other end waiting for it, it's not fun. But they're, they're, at least their response this time was we're going to do the best we can as fast as we can. However, it you know at an individual level, it's going to get a little bit challenging, and hopefully, what you'll see is that uh, you know Congress has said when you're lend when you're uh, deferring payments from people, don't knock up their credit scores because they're restructuring themselves. I mean, businesses restructure their debt all the time. They you know Dun and Bradstreet, who rates them, doesn't go, oh well, you're toast now. We're never going to talk to you again. I mean. Mm-hmm. Heck, businesses can go bankrupt and come back. So um, I think it'll be a challenge. Cute, uh, funny story. A friend of mine, uh, I talked to a major uh, real uh, real estate developer in New York, and I said, "How's it going?" He said, "Well, you know, we've had you know a lot of uh, tenants at these big shopping centers didn't want to pay." Uh, he mentioned one big company in the office supply business, and so then he went and hired an attorney uh, who's name was probably Don Corleone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> and uh, the next day, they called up and said, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, we'll send you the rent. Uh, so so some businesses have used this as an opportunity to say, well, we'll just you know keep the money until we uh, absolutely have to pay for it. Um, but I, I believe that this is a case where we're, you know, when we talk about we're all in this together, nobody wants to kill anybody's credit score. And so I think, uh, you know, you've got to take it up with each institution. When you get those offers in the mail, you as a consumer have got to say, hey, uh, is this going to be on my credit score or is this just a restructuring and the debt will take an extra two months to pay off later on? There'll be some more interest. But ask the question, because unless you get the answer, you don't know. So what do you see happening? And obviously it's very contingent. Well, it's totally contingent on what happens with this uh, so-called second wave that's coming yeah. and all right. blah, blah, blah. But what, how do you see the third and uh, fourth quarter playing out? Well, if we don't get a second wave, then I think you're going to see uh, that the stock market is going to continue to go, happy days are here again. 
And by the way, if you ever needed proof that there is no connection between you, Main Street, and them, Wall Street, just take a look at the valuations today. Because if you'd gone up in the space station last, you know, six months ago and come back down and looked at your investment portfolio, you'd have gone, oh, that's nice. And NASDAQ's up about 10%. Eh, S&P hasn't really done much. But, hey, hey, what's been going on lately, guys? <laughs> um, you wouldn't have a clue, right, right, that, right. That, that, that things are the way they are. And um, I think that ultimately – if it goes on long enough, Wall Street's going to have to come to the realization that there is not as much discretionary income. The interesting thing, though, is that the savings rate went from like 8% to 12% to 30%. Wow. This, so, so on the one hand, you know, you you go home and you go, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I don't know how long this could last. So we, nobody knows. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of spending has come to a grinding halt. If it picks up, on the other hand, you'll see the market continue uh, to move on. But personal economies, I think, um, look, this is, there's the old joke. You never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. And this is like with your friends, the friends who you know who used to post all the trips that they took on Facebook. Well, what they what they don't post is whether they're paying for those trips with credit cards that they can't pay off. Now, all of a sudden, if they lose their job or something. So I think you're going to start to see when you ask people, how you doing? Some people are going to give you some excuses and you'll know, oh, so you were living beyond your means. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I listen, I think the American economy, if you're a long-term investor, is going to come through this. And that's and I, and I will never bet against America in the short term if you're trying to trade this, which is a, a, f- a foolish way, I think, to try and make a living. Uh, who's, who's to know? But I think, you know, the response has been as good as you're going to get out of an organization that's composed of 535 people who all have to run for election at some point. Nathan, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much. Yeah, you guys got it. Take care. Take care. Uh, our friend Nathan Backrack, Simply Money. Uh, well, yeah. I'm not even going to pretend no, I understand all I, that I stuff. I don't get it. Yeah, two lanes there. Uh, beyond my uh, comprehension. Now we uh, check traffic. Rob, what's going on out there? Sky looking nasty. From the UC Health Traffic Center, your actions can save lives. Please help prevent the spread of COVID. Ask practicing social distance. Eddie, with Rachel in for Rocky, obviously some uh, weather moving through the area right now. We will keep you posted. The newsroom's all over it. Yeah, it's looking pretty nasty out there right now. So, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch, Rach. Yeah, I can, you know, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Kind of just depends on the conspiracy. What you got? What would be the, uh, you know, the casinos in Vegas just reopened? Mm-hmm. What would be some great pub for them brothels reopening no oh besides elvis coming back Mm. it was a day after caesar's palace's grand reopening a guest won six hundred and seventy thousand dollars at a video poker game that never happens right that's what i'm saying now i don't want to cry conspiracy but don't you think that's kind of convenient? They've been open about 24 hours, and some lady wins, uh, you know, 670? I don't know. That's big. I, I think I think mine would probably get more people's attention. Your odds of winning at a brothel are significantly better than winning at a video poker machine. See, I don't know that those, did those close? I don't know. They did, yes. 
And there's all sorts of new regulations about how uh, they're going to be able to open back up. You have to use a face mask and maintain a... You can't have um, that mouth-to-mouth contact. Why do I know this? Oh, yeah, I work at the other rock station here. (laughs) That's why I know this. You know all this stuff. I do. You're welcome. I... See, they come See, up it's with cute these... and endearing when I know it. When you know it, it's, it's like, what do you do with your time all day, Eddie? You this know? Is, yeah, yeah. So if, it's fine. If you know it, it's like going, oh, that's cool. It's, I can't believe that Rachel just told us that. If I said it, it would, yes, it would look like I was, double standard. I was investigating the matter. Right. Oh, I can tell you about brothels. <laughs> yeah, but they, they did have to shut down. And uh, as far as I know, they were having a really hard time getting unemployment as well, the adult entertainment uh, industry people out there. I did read that, yeah. Because um, they're contractors, technically. And also, speaking of uh, brothels, I saw that uh, Amsterdam, since the city's been more or less shut down, mm-hmm. they're going to try to use this as an opportunity to clean the city up a little bit. Like, but why? Straighten up the red light district and. Uh, What's wrong with it? And, and do away with some of the cannabis shops and all that? I don't know. I, I think that's why people go to Amsterdam. Believe Isn't me. it? I've I mean, been, I've been to Amsterdam. I know why people go there. I would go to Amsterdam <laughs> to go to one of the museums because they have beautiful museums in Amsterdam. The museums are awesome. But everybody else goes for the red light district and the cannabis shops. What are you doing? Bingo. So coming up, who knew that apparently when it comes to dating, playing hard to get works. I know you're going to sound off on uh, this. Yes. We have one of our relationship people on it, but now on the news, News Radio 700 WLW. Playing hard to get. The oldest phrase in the book. Uh-huh. Comes between men and women. Mm. Apparently, as a tactic, Rachel. According to this new study, and I can't believe they study everything now. They do, as they showed. We need to know what works and what doesn't. And then uh, if it does work, we need to pick it apart like we're about to. They say that this uh, it uh, playing hard to get, yes, does indeed work because it increases a potential mate's perceived desirability. So you think, ah, they don't want to be with me. Ergo, I really want to be with them. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Because you don't play hard to get. You just play, I, I don't like you at all. Yes, that is absolutely what I do. 100%. And it's usually coming. Oh, uh, All right, let's get a weather update here right quick. Hey, thanks, guys. From the 700 WLW Newsroom, I'm Jack Crumley, and got an update now from the National Weather Service, a new severe thunderstorm warning. Still for the northern parts of northern Kentucky, northern Kenton, Campbell, and Boone, under a severe thunderstorm warning. Also now, all of Hamilton County, the southern part of Butler County, and the southwestern part of Warren County, all now under a severe thunderstorm warning until 445. Just a minute ago, a storm located over Fort Wright, moving northeast at 35 miles an hour. Going to affect Cincinnati, Hamilton, Fairfield, Covington, 
Hamilton, Mason, Florence, Norwood, Forest Park, Erlanger, Fort Thomas, Newport, Sharonville, Blue Ash, Loveland, Springdale, Reading, Montgomery, Harrison, North College Hill, and Madeira could see 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts, not seeing any reports of hail associated with these storms. But again, the National Weather Service issuing a severe thunderstorm warning for northern Kenton Campbell and Boone counties, all of Hamilton counties, and the, uh, all of Hamilton County, that is, and the southern parts of Butler and Warren counties. That is till 445. Keep it right here, News Radio 700 WLW. As I said before, we will keep you posted all throughout this afternoon as this stuff continues to develop. But anyways, right in the middle of our conversation, we've got um, a guest here to discuss why, you know, playing hard to get works. Mm -hmm. It's our relationship expert, Jen Stiers. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. And, Very interesting subject. Yeah, and so, so Jen, your thoughts on playing hard to get? Do you do you think that's a good ploy? Well, that's really what it comes down to is that it, it, people like a challenge. Whether it's a men like it more than women, but then and thrive on it. But that's really what it comes down to is the challenge aspect. So that's why hard to get works. But uh, if, you, if you're working from a place where you are planning to do this, aren't you essentially starting your relationship with manipulation? One hundred, one hundred percent. It's a game. So, I mean, I do know if women do it more than men, uh, women will, you know, oh, well, if he calls me at the last minute, I'm not going to go out with him. You know, I'm going to be a child. I'm not going to be available or, uh, you know, just, just just blowing off a guy. How many how many times does a guy or girl text somebody and they'll say, well, I have to wait to text them back or I can't call them for two days after our date. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, if there's so many stupid rules and games out there, uh, do some of them work? Mm, they do. But, do. but can they backfire? They absolutely can as well. Okay, with that last minute thing, I back not going out on last minute dates with guys because it means they didn't care enough to make plans with you and most likely they had other ideas that fell through and you're the next option so don't ever go out last minute right well i would say no and here's why i think there's a lot of people that yes it's great it's so great when you have a guy that can think ahead and plan ahead but for busy professionals that may travel that may have uh like doctors that have surgeries and things like that like i've run into this a lot with my work as a matchmaker sometimes people just aren't able to think as much ahead and they really want to see somebody but they can't make those advanced plans so i do think that we need to at least listen to the reason why that person didn't ask us out before we jump to the conclusion or have some rule as to not, you know, going out with somebody within a certain time frame of them asking. Now, see, Does that make sense? yeah, but see, I'm also of the mind that if you, you know, if you're in, it doesn't have to be any kind of a serious relationship, but women are always talking about spontaneity. You know, right. so, some, sometimes, you know, hey, look, I'm not doing anything. Sounds like you're not doing anything. Let's go do something. 
Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's how amazing things start. I think that's where so many people miss the boat is trying to play the games or trying to be a challenge and trying to manipulate in that way. And then they miss out because maybe that guy, when, um, when you didn't take the bait, you didn't, you know, they had a moment. They, they wanted to spend time with you. You were their first choice. Uh, they, you know, got freed up, whatever. And you said no. They found somebody else and, you know, they may just go merrily on their way. I've known that to happen too. So. And that's great. For them, I think it's rude, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Jen. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think it's rude because you know what? I, it takes me an hour to put on my makeup. There is no such thing as popping out the door and going for a drink. I gotta do my hair. I gotta get my outfit together. We're two hours in now, so that is not spontaneity at all. See, well, then don't don't complain about non-spontaneity. I never did. I'm like, book me in advance. Let me know two months ahead of time where we're going. I'll make sure I have a good outfit planned out. We're good. <laughs> dress accordingly. <laughs> I love it. You know, and I, I think that's a great point. I think men do need to understand that women do take that stuff seriously. Like, they, they guys don't have to put makeup on and do, you know, whatever through their hair. So it doesn't take them as long to get ready and, and look presentable. Or we want to impress. We, I mean, nothing's better than going out. I mean, sometimes we do shop for a new outfit for a Absolutely. date. Right. Yes. So I get what you. I get what you're saying, but I'm also saying don't just make it a rule. Like don't do it just because. I mean, I know you're you're doing it because it's rude. But but what if the guy is like, hey, listen, I got these last minute tickets. I you know I had this on my schedule. You know I I know it's last minute, but would you like to go? Please don't be afraid to say yes. You know, don't uh-huh. be afraid to say yes. If you can pull it together. Jen, okay, okay, Jen, I want to get back to our our playing hard to get topic because I have a problem, and it's the opposite of this. I am really fundamentally not interested in guys. They get the wrong idea. I don't know how. Just maybe wishful thinking on their part or mixed signals. I don't know what. But then they think I'm playing hard to get, and I'm really not. I really just have zero interest in these people, and they keep pestering me as if, you know, like, constantly texting is going to work and magically one day I'm going to see a text message pop up and you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, they're the one. <laughs> so how do I communicate, Nubra, it, 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 like, without, because then I have to get rude as Eddie knows. Eddie can speak to this. I'm that person there where I get to a, a point. There's a breaking yeah. point and then I'm not polite anymore and it's really unfortunate that's for okay. everyone involved. That's okay. Honestly, that's okay. But see, here's what it comes down to. There's so many people out there playing hard to get that, you know, guys especially, you know, it's hard enough to ask a woman out, but they, they, they kind of are trained to keep pushing at it because, number one, they do like the challenge, and number two, a lot of times they like their, their, it is because somebody's playing hard to get. They just didn't realize you're actually serious. So <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately, you're just going to have to be rude. I mean, that is the honest-to-God truth. You've got boundaries. You know, you're, you're speaking your truth, and they don't get it because you can blame other women for, yeah. you know, that. Thank you very much, yep. you know. Yep. Okay. So there you have it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad because now I can uh. say to these men, I'm sorry, but my relationship expert, Jen, told me I could do this. You need to go yourself. You know? well, and, and here's what I would say. I would say, you know what? I'm not playing hard to get. I don't want to go out with you. You know, why not just, there are two sentences that would be incredibly powerful that would maybe show that guy, like, stop it, you know, stop the game. 
So, yeah, oh. but, but men thrive on that. And so that bottom line with conversations about is men do like a challenge. The more you push away, the more they're going to be challenged. That's just their nature. It's why they're, in, you know, they're so competitive in sports and all that other stuff. They're going to be intrigued by a woman who is harder to get, whether she means it or not. <laughs> see, uh, we're talking to Jen Steyer as our relationship expert. But, Jen, see, the thing is, I worry about Rachel because uh, she's like, I called her at night, and I stand by this. I called her Eleanor Rigby yesterday. Uh, and uh, that's kind of the way she lives her life. And uh, she's not waiting for Prince Charming. She's waiting for, like, Zeus. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, you are. I, no, I would say I'm actually not waiting for anybody. I'm living my best oh. life single, like by myself. I don't. What I don't have to. I don't have to answer to anyone. I don't have to check in with yeah. anyone. I don't have to compromise my goals, my plans, my ambitions for anybody else. Because you know what? I'm single, and it's so excellent. Not everybody wants happy. to be partnered up. You know, so for somebody like Rachel, you know, sometimes the mindset is, yes, she's single, but not all single people are desperate to be in a relationship and Thank she you, happens Jen. to be one of them. Yeah. Damn. So, so there, there it is. So if Zeus does walk in, I love it. Um, Maybe. Where is, where, where is Zeus, by the way? But if Zeus does walk in, you know, and catches her off guard, she's probably going to be interested and you know the hard to get thing and the you know all that that's not all that stuff's going to go out the window so um so when she's ready and and so all there right. you go love it thank you jen jen you're welcome thank you as always a real pleasure people want to find out more about you where can they go lovejen.com thank you so much thank you so i told you my strategy was if a, if a girl back when i was in my dating days if a girl played hard to get i'd be like Okay, cool. And then just thanks anyways. And then that would get. Then they'd be tracking you down. And then that's the thing. Then they'd be like, wait, just, wait a minute. I thought he liked me. I don't have time for those kind of games. Like I never did. It never interested me. And then, you know, you get out of college and you're like, wow, that really is lame. And then you never want to hear about it or do it again. <laughs> and so when a guy hits you with that and, you know, you're an adult, you're like, Really, bro? <laughs> now, Rob, the weather is starting to turn here. Are we seeing any effects yet? Uh, yeah, you've got some. Luckily, no accidents yet by the dozens, but a lot of slow, heavy traffic, and maybe the fact that it's heavy uh, is preventing the accidents from happening. From the UC Health Traffic Center, your actions. Weather moving through the area. Our newsroom is all over it. We will keep you posted. We just talked about this whole playing hard to get thing, Rachel. Well, in New York, they've just issued some new guidelines. Is this yeah. correct? The uh, New York uh, Health Department is trying to stay on top of what it's like to have sexual relations in the COVID-19 era. So they've been putting out information for people to try to help them. And they have uh, issued some new guidelines today. Some of those include wearing a face mask <laughs> during your intimate acts. Okay. Uh, they also, uh, here's a direct quote, be creative with physical barriers like walls that allow sexual contact with while preventing close face-to-face -face contact. What? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> oh, they also recommend bringing hand sanitizer to any sexual encounter. No, I'm not joking. This is real stuff. 
But my favorite, my my total favorite thing in all of this is the safest sex you can have, according to the New York City Health Department, is by participating in kinky Zoom parties. Now, maybe I'm a little long in the tooth for this type of, type of activity with my friends, uh, but let me tell you something. I got a pretty nice sized circle of friends. I can't think of one of them. I could go to and go, hey, what do you think about doing this with Deb and I? Yeah, I, I they would a, think I was nuts. It's a it's a topic you have to broach with your friends, you know, friend group, or you could just maybe have a kinky Zoom party with two people that are isolating separately. Um, but it, you know, the New York City uh, Department of Health didn't really get into that. They were just well, like, when, you know what, it, this is the safest bet. This or subscription services. When you say party that tells me more than one person but mm-hmm. if you want to call it a party then it would just you and I think your they mate. were trying to be open to the idea of not just two individuals but multiple individuals let's just say that I think somebody who is uh, who leans in that direction probably doesn't need direction from the city on how to organize something like that does that make sense yeah and I would say that they're probably gonna Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be uh, less concerned with COVID. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. No, but I, I, don't, just, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, the, the, my other favorite was uh, they recommend having sex in a well-ventilated room. <laughs> Airflow is super key. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. This is all real advice from the health department about sex in the COVID world. I want to, I wish I'd have been in that room when there was a little. You need to be the fact checker in that room. <laughs> yes. Where like, people are like throwing ideas, you know, back and forth. And you'd be that, like, ah. That you, won't work. Uh-uh. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what, you, you insane? Just see some little government, uh, little panel spitballing ideas about how to have safe sex and thinking in a they're pandemic. Very, and thinking they're very clever about it, too, which is, you know. Oh, Lord. We, uh, we've got the news now, and then we'll talk to ABC afterwards. News Radio 700 WLW. Rachel, police departments all over the country are trying to restructure, reorganize, get their acts together, get their ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. But nowhere more so than in Minneapolis. And here to discuss, Ryan Burrow. So, Ryan, what's the latest out of Minneapolis? Well, the police department announcing, specifically the police chief announcing uh, two steps that they are taking immediately. Number one, the department is going to fully withdraw from negotiations with the police officers' union. Of course, they're taking a a good hard look at policing policies, policing practices, and that includes uh, the police union contract to see if there's any kind of systemic racism involved. Uh, Obviously, one of the goals of the city council and some of the uh, reforms that they approved earlier this week is 
to create more accountability among officers who may experience or witness uh, unauthorized use of force, maybe uh, overuse of force while on duty. They want it so that other officers tattle on other officers. If you see something, you should be saying something. And in the case of George Floyd, we know that there were three other officers outside of Derek Chauvin uh, who were making that arrest. Two of the officers uh, did note during uh, that eight minutes and 46 seconds in which Officer Chauvin had his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck, uh, maybe we should turn him to the side. Maybe we shouldn't uh, be on top of him anymore. In fact, it's audible, and uh, yet nothing happens. Now, um, you know, one of the attorneys said, what, what were my clients supposed to do, shove Officer Chauvin off of George Floyd? I think the answer is yes. Uh, in the, now, where we're at now, yes, that probably would have sure. been ideal. But in this case, um, you know, now it would be uh, required uh, for officers to intervene if they witness something like that taking place. Ryan, that's a big step because, you know, um, police officers, uh, even when they're trying to do the right thing, can be ostracized from their police department if they do tattle. That's previously been the culture. So this is a big step in a totally different direction. Yeah, and another thing that they're, uh, they are moving forward with is they're going to use this uh, benchmark analytics to monitor, keep data, and research officer behavior in real time um, so that they can make decisions on officers in real time. Maybe there are certain officers based on their history, based on previous complaints that shouldn't be sent to certain situations or sent to intervene, and they're hoping that uh, the, these analytics, this data, uh, will help them better uh, understand the force that they've got and, and how to best deploy them. So, Ryan, I heard well, it's been kind of ongoing, but I saw definitive uh, proof today, apparently, that Floyd and uh, Chauvin used to work at a bar together. Yes. And that they, quote, unquote, uh, bumped heads. What do you know about that? Yeah, you know, all we know at this point is kind of a patchwork of information from people who are in the same circles. Um, as far as their relationship, we don't know. Did uh, Derek Chauvin recognize George Floyd uh, during that arrest? We don't know at this point. But, yeah, they both work security at the same location. Uh, it seemed as though they uh, operated in the same circles. And some people, including uh, Floyd's own brother, believes that they knew each other and that they had had some kind of relationship, and uh, there may have been something behind putting the knee on the back of, of uh, George Floyd's neck. Uh, that, of course, will still be determined in an investigation. We found out today also uh, that uh, Officer Chauvin and his attorneys had been working on a plea agreement uh, leading up to uh, the charges that were eventually filed against him, but uh, apparently they kind of fell apart. Now, uh, the prosecutor's office says you know, that's, that's not uncommon, and it's not uncommon for those discussions to to fall apart, but it's interesting that uh, you know during all of this, and we haven't heard anything from his defense that uh, there were discussions about pleading guilty to some kind of murder charge. If they are able to link Floyd and Chauvin before um, this incident, will that impact uh, a possible trial? Will that impact the charges that he's looking at currently? Well, it very well could, because right now the second-degree murder charge uh, has no intent involved with it. Uh, it's basically that Chauvin came to the scene and he intended to commit a felony, which in this case would be assault by putting his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck. But this is not a first-degree murder that when he arrived, he intended to kill George Floyd. Now, if these two knew each other, that could change perspective a little bit, and maybe the first-degree murder charge uh, would be something they would pursue. That's what I heard. And uh, with that, Ryan, we'll let you go. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care.
There's uh, Ryan Burrow, ABC. He's been in uh, Minneapolis, I think, since since this all started. I think he was there during the first round of riots. Right. He's a uh, Chicago guy. You know? Yeah, he is. But he's been up there. He's been camped out. <laughs> I can't. Um, I, I'm, uh, those first few nights up there, I can't even. Um, I mean, it was bad here. I can't even imagine. Oh, I, I, what I Minneapolis. Was I like. talked to him. I think uh, night two or night three, the uh, day of night two, something like that. And he had been tear gassed already a couple of times. So he went. He went through it. He he sounded a little rough that day. Good to hear him back to his normal game. Well, you know, you get mixed up in that kind of thing, and you don't. There, were, that was total chaos. Imagine mm-hmm. that. I can't even begin to. Imagine. Even if you're trying to do the right thing and get away from and stay where you're supposed to stay, it's so chaotic. It's hard to do that. Well, for sure, there's no question about that. So, coming up, we're going to have the uh, Brenneman report. Uh, then we got Willie mm. at the top of the hour. Is that, that's right. We do have Willie. I didn't. Uh, I, I just assumed we did because it is Wednesday with sure Willie. We do. Yeah. I heard him talking to you about this name change stuff that's going on. The cancel with, culture. Yes, with the mm-hmm. uh, uh, shot stadium at UC. Yeah, and they're talking about changing the name of a bunch of forts down south. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they're, Fort Bragg. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not digging the Confederate monuments in the south right now. And apparently that stuff is being erased as we speak. And uh, it's been an issue for a while. This kind of just brought it all to a head, right? For sure. Are you kidding me? I just saw last night. I don't even, I forget what city it was, but it was Southern. uh, I'll say uh, Richmond, Virginia. But nobody even said there was no meeting in the city council, whatever. There was no issue put forth. But a statue just disappeared during the middle of the night. City workers came and took it down. There, uh, I think somewhere also uh, in Virginia, Christopher Columbus just ended up in a lake somewhere. I saw that, and in Boston, somebody uh, beheaded old Chris mm. uh, statue. Oh, that's that was a nice statue. I know that statue. That was that was a good statue. Well, it's too bad. Don't get used to it. I know, I know, it's gone now, but it's a nice statue. All right, we'll uh, check in with the weather. Keep you up. Uh, we want to keep you posted on all this serious stuff blowing through. But now, Rob, how is this all affecting the traffic? Well, right now, again, uh, I'm kind of surprised because things are in pretty good shape. Um, from the UC Health Traffic Center, your actions can help save lives. Well, Rachel, it is Wednesday, and he's available. You must have been afraid of the rain. That's why he think, didn't yes, the golf he, course today. I talked to him earlier, and he said he was going to sit it out just because he didn't want to have to deal with the rainstorms that were coming. Willie, how are you? Well, I told Rachel earlier that golf would not be played because of the rain. Where I am here in Kenwood, it has not rained a drop. Yeah, it barely so sprinkled thinking, here at the station. Yeah. It's not fair. There's nothing more certain in life than disappointments. So, uh, Willie, I had, um, when I was coming into work, while well, I was in here working in the studio, you guys are working out of here, and uh, I was listening to you and Rachel talk about the situation with Marge, uh, Marge Shot Stadium. They want to change the name. Some of the mm-hmm. players do. And I was wondering to get your take on that, as well as I think it was General Petraeus who said that they should change the name of some of these forts and get rid of the uh, Civil War general, uh, the, the Confederate guys. Get their names off of them. Your thoughts? 
I'd say two or three things percolate in my head like a BB in an empty railroad boxcar. Uh, number one, that we must have solved all the racial difficulties of today. So in order to justify our feelings of how the country exists or existed, we are forced to go back in time decades or centuries to try to resolve racial conflicts that may have arisen 10 to 175 years ago. Since all the other issues today have been resolved, there is no racial discrimination, I guess, anywhere. And so in order to justify your view of the world, uh, you see they must go back in time about 17 years when the uh, Board of Trustees and the Athletic Director solicited March Shot Foundation for that contribution, knowing certainly her history, good, bad, and indifferent, they ignored that and took the almighty dollar and the players have played there the last 16 years with impunity, having some great success. And so I think in one sense, if there are no racial difficulties of today, let's go back and attack Robert E. Lee, who I don't care much for anyway, with his memorial in Virginia, because all the other difficulties have now been solved. And so unlike many, Marshot lives right there. I can almost see where she lived every night tonight about 730. I'm going to go out there and walk Two, two and a half miles right by her place. I have fond memories of a woman who uh, took care of the animals at the zoo and the patrons. I have fond memories of a woman who helped cure cancer at Children's Hospital. Fond memories of a woman that made sure Boy Scouts had jamborees all over the place. I have fond memories of a woman who gave lots of money to St. Ursula Academy in order to lower the tuition of Catholic girls to be educated. But all that doesn't matter because privately, she said intemperate, wrongful words that uh, was, were not sufficiently wrongful at the time to take her money. And so I think it's a sign that we're in pretty good shape. All the difficulties of today don't exist. Let's go back 175 years and talk about the Civil War. That'll justify my view of the world, and you're starting to piss me off right now. Well, Joey, I mean, these, some of these forts, let's, let's tackle the fort issue first. They were on the losing side. Why should we have any force named after Confederate they, soldiers, well, generals, anyway? And they were traitors to the country. They were, but, I mean, that, that doesn't even make any sense to begin with, okay? Well, those forts existed previous to 1861, and they continue to exist in, what, in the next 160 years. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, the Confederacy declared war in my country, even though I was born in Covington, which was a border state. Uh, this other entity inside the United States exited the Union and said, we hereby declare war on the United States. And so I don't know why Fort, uh, Fort Hood, Fort Sumner, Fort Lee, uh, named after Confederate war heroes, it's not a big deal to me one way or another. Once again, it's an indication. We have no problems today, Rachel. They're all solved. Let's go back and talk about the Battle of Antietam and who could have won that thing. Does that make any sense? Well, will you? Uh, that's the problem I have with some of this stuff. I get the thought behind it. Don't get me wrong. But here's the deal. You go back in time, exactly what you're saying. I, you can't change history. It happened. There's a reason why they haven't torn down the crematoriums where they took uh, all the, the six million Jews in Germany and Poland. There's a reason why those still stand. It's to remind you of the horrific stuff that happened. No question, and I, I guess the other thing I, I would think about, I'm a little bit of a Civil War buff and things of that character, and let it be a symbol of things that were done at a certain time in our history. It might not have been correct. And what is the name of the nation's capital? 
Where does this thing end? Are we going to call it Al Sharpton, D.C.? Well, what are we going to do next? What about the Jefferson Memorial? Uh, things are named after slave owners at the time who did horrible things to slaves. But other than that, they founded the greatest country in the world. Mark Schott is certainly not a person that is on the line of, uh, of a Washington or a Jefferson, Madison Monroe, and Thomas Paine, and those characters. But she did a whole bunch of really good stuff to lighten the load of many Americans. And some UC baseball player thought he did not know that she used the N-bomb, referred to homosexuals in a nasty way, and said Hitler was okay in the beginning. He just went a little bit too far. And so I, that's part of the legacy of Mars Schott, which is much more positive than negative. And so, yes, uh, Rachel, do you think Washington, D.C. should be renamed? to some, How about the state of Washington? Get rid of that, too? Well, I think uh, there are probably people that do believe that. And yeah. I think there are probably people that believe that we, we should acknowledge more often than not the fact that Washington was a slave owner. We, we, a lot of people don't like to discuss that. So I think you could meet people in the middle and not name things differently if you were willing to have an open and frank discussion about some of the ills of our founding fathers in a realistic, open, authentic way that was uh, from a position where you are listening to people that might have felt harmed by this action in the past. Yeah, that's all we do is listen. I've been, I mean, I've been dealing with this issue. I can remember a class at Xavier. I took African-American studies. There was a female black teacher who said, I can show you how racist many white men are. Most of us are boys there sitting there. Okay. She said, if I could wave my magic wand and make you black, how many of you white guys would raise their hand? And none of us raised their hand. And then I waited a bit. So I'll raise my hand. And she said, what do you want? I said, well, how many women, if we could wave my magical wand, would become men? Does that make them sexist? And how many black people, if you could wave your magical wand to make them white, would they do that? The answer generally is no, because you're proud of who you are. You're proud of your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters. From It's e pluribus unum. From many, one. The country's founding. Now it's just the opposite. Now we say from one, there is many. And so the media and many are in the business of keeping people separated by race and by gender, by age, sexual orientation, to keep everybody fighting with everybody all the time. I say e pluribus unum. From many, there is one people, the American people, proud and brave, who have spread democracy throughout most of the world. When somebody walked on the moon, it was an American that did it. When we discover cures for cancer, it's an American that does it. When someone gets in trouble anywhere in the world, they look toward America and say, come here and solve my problem. No one ever says to a Bulgarian, hey, Bulgarian, come on over here and help me. <laughs> it's always a damn American. And it's because we're black, we're white, we're male, we're female, straight and gay and otherwise and Hispanic. We are the great nation. We are the Romans. We're the Egyptians. We're the greatest civilization in the world. How about spending more time talking about the greatness of our land instead of all of its pimples? Well, I th I want to go back to Marge Shot Stadium. You said that some UC players had some issues. One of the players that had an issue was Kevin Euclid, and he was one of the great ball players that came out of UC. But he's also of Jewish descent, and he doesn't really like what Marge Shot had to say about Jewish people and Hitler. And is that wrong? I don't think that's wrong. I think he's entitled no. to that opinion. Sure, one hundred percent. Then let him reach in his pocket. And give UC $2 million, hell, we'll call it Kevin Euclid Stadium. That's fine. 
but that, that doesn't completely define her any more than that uh, white privileged woman we talk about in Central Park who suddenly wanted to call 911 because she said a black man was harassing her and her dog. Well, what the hell? All of us have done wrongful things in our life, great and small. Put on the scales of justice, the positive contributions of Marge Schott against the negative things she said, not deeds she did, but words she said. Put them on the scales of justice, and I'll put them up against Kevin Euclid and a bunch of other people of having been so much positive. Did Kevin Euclid give money to the zoo, to Children's Hospital, to Christ Hospital, to the Boy Scouts, to St. Ursula Academy? She spread her goodliness all over the land. And it wasn't from profits from slavery, like maybe McMicken. It was profits from owning sports franchises and, and also car dealerships. That, uh, and that woman is a good woman who was kind of misconstrued a few times. And she was really misconstrued when she drank too much. No question about that. But she had Jewish lawyers. She had Jews working for her. She had African-Americans working for her. And within the employment context, not one time did anyone file a discrimination complaint against Marge Schott because of personal misbehavior she conducted. Notice that. Not one time and all the people she employed, did anyone file an employment complaint against her but of treating them in a discriminatory fashion? Really, wasn't she, wasn't she banned from the MLB or like a day-to-day operations or something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. For, for saying things? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, she did. She was because of what she said. And she said awful things about African-Americans, homosexuals, and Jewish-Americans that the words were hurtful. Uh, at the time they were said, and she was taken away for one year. And then she, Rick Riley from Sports Illustrated, she called me and said, Willie, what do you think? This guy named Riley wants to come and interview me. I said, are you kidding me? Run as far away as you can. You're not too filtered there, Marge. Right. She gave the interview, and from that point on, she was banned for life she, she because she said nasty, rotten things about all those other categories of people that she didn't do. I remember her not for the worst things she said, but for the best things she did. Willie, I will agree uh, with one thing you said there, and that is these people all knew what had come out of her mouth when they accepted right. her money. That I think was wrong. If you're gonna you, now you're gonna correct your uh, your original mistake, if you were gonna call it a mistake that it's named after her right now, it was a mistake to take her money. Yep, I totally how about agree with the that money, statement. How about giving the money back? Where's the money back? And the point of the matter is, there's many others with their hands out to take that money. St. Ursula Academy took the money because she told those in charge of her uh, foundation she favored Catholic girls' education, animals at the zoo, kids with cancer, and also baseball. And so there were many with their hands out at that point 15, 20 years ago to get all that money. And, and, And now that one player or a handful of players, and I completely understand, if you're African American and you're pitching for UC and you look up and see the name Marge Schott, they don't remember her as most of us recall her from the 80s and 90s and why the money was given. They only can read a couple of things which are accurate about her. But I do not want to be judged by the worst things I've said or done, but by the best. And all of us, but for God, there goes each of us. Let he or she, without sin, cast the first stone. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Marge Schott, who was and continues to be in my mind a great American. Thank you, Willie. And God bless America. Got me all pissed off now. That's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just love it when we do this with him. Because the longer he talks, the madder he gets. Yes, yeah, it's great. It's just watching a top go. Oh, man. Uh, we check traffic now. Rob, what's up? Best part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of waking up. <laughs> exactly. From the UC Health Traffic Center, your uh, actions can help save lives. Please help prevent the spread of COVID-19 by wearing a mask, practicing social distancing, and washing your hands often. Uh, 75 southbound, there is or was an accident entering Lachlan. Traffic there still slow back toward Glendale Milford. There's an accident inbound 74 approaching Beekman. Beekman, there is an accident on uh, inbound 74 off of the Harrison Emory Road. Eddie and Rachel just got off the phone with Willie as he was having an, some sort of embolism on us there. Yeah. They're talking about Marge Shot Stadium and the renaming, perhaps, of that uh, of said stadium. Let's get some feedback from Steve. Hey, Steve, thanks for calling, buddy. What do you have? Hey, hey, Rachel. Hey, Eddie. Um, uh, two two points after after a statement. First of all, what she said and what she did back in the, back in the day, horrible. Horrible stuff. Not going to argue that. But what she said drunk, which I always compared her to a drunk Archie Bunker. What she said drunk to these owners, and you can't tell me that some of these guys the same thing. They just didn't like her because she was brash and she was crass. But my point is, where's Kevin Euclid been since she put the money, you know, since the foundation put the money up and he's just now being vocal about it? I mean, if, his, if, if, if this is his soapbox to preach on now, What's taken 17 years? Well, Steve, um, he actually addressed that. He said that he was unaware of what she said because he was not, you know, he wasn't playing baseball for her while he was a young kid. So when the university actually came to him to offer to name the field after him, his dad, yeah, his dad said, um, his dad said, I, I can't condone that. I can't condone that. He went to his dad and his dad was actually the one that told him about what was going on. Which, you know, I I can honestly say I don't know the ins and outs of uh, the racist going ons of MLB owners other than Marge because, you know, we're here and we talk about it. But if it happened somewhere else, I'd probably have to be told, too, even if I was a baseball player. I buy that. Well, I I will tell you this. And Willie was talking about it, and and he knows better than than anyone, basically. But in in the business, in the media business, everybody knew what was going on with her. There was a lot of talk going on, but it never got out in the public. And how that it how it took so long to get out in the public, mm-hmm. I have no clue. But it was it was there for quite it was a an while. Open secret, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, and she, but you know, to her credit, she did a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that that evens it out for you. But anyways, we're gonna change it. Change the flow a little bit here. Between now and 6 o'clock, after the news, we're going to take your calls. 749-7000, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Your most underrated bands of all time. 
I was telling Rachel, this is one of those things that I popped up on like my Facebook page. You know, you get one of those things or whatever. That, yeah. And they read your they have interests. The list. And, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And, and it's uh, this one that was like the 15 most underrated bands of all time. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts on that? Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one. Pound seven hundred on AT and T. We'll hit the phones after the news right now. News Radio 700 WLW. Eddie and uh, Rachel just kind of switching gears here a little bit. Something that popped up on, you know, one of those things that pops up on your Facebook page. Most underrated bands of all time, and it gives you some, you know, because I've shown interest in something like that. Now you get that news story on there. Mm. And so we're taking yours, 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Let's get right to it. Uh, Simone, thanks for holding. You're up first. What do you have? Hey, what about Alan Parsons Project? Hey, you know what? That's a good one. I never even, that never crossed. And they were fantastic musicians, man. They never got the props. Yeah, that's, uh, and they're, they're really Pink Floyd-y. You're, yeah. you're, you're looking at me very puzzled, but they, it was, yeah. He was like the engineer on the Pink Floyd album, oh, and okay. he went on to do albums later on. Uh, let's uh, talk to Ryan. Ryan, underrated bands. How about UFO? That was yes. on my list. <laughs> the legend, Michael Shanker, who went on to be uh, the Scorpions lead guitar player. Yep. UFO was an awesome band, man. That yeah. uh, that Lights Out album, I could uh, I crank that up anytime. That's right. Thank you, brother. Uh, let's get Ron. Ron, how are you doing, buddy? Underrated albums. Uh, albums or bands, I would say one of them is Black Oak, Arkansas, Jim Dandy. And uh, if you look who opened up for them back in the day, it's all the other bands that you see. A lot of them, you'll be surprised. Go to blackoakarkansas.net. Yeah. But they had high energy. You didn't go to sleep at those concerts. Yeah, and thanks, Ron. I mean, growing up in Dayton, Black Oak, Arkansas was pretty big when I was a kid. Was it? Oh, yeah. That was like a high school band, man. Uh, they're, They're like... Like a rowdier Leonard Skinner, if you can believe that. There's, you can't be rowdier than Leonard Skinner. What are you hey, talking about? You got to check out Black Oak, man. All right. Uh, seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one. Pound seven hundred on AT and T. Talking about most underrated bands, Mike. What do you got there in Hamilton? Well, there was a band that I used to love to listen to, and it was called uh, the Dixie Dregs. Oh yeah. And uh, featured Steve Morris, who then went on to play guitar for Kansas for a while. And he's been the guitarist since about 1990 for uh, Deep Purple. So, I mean, he had a band during the 80s called the Dixie Drags that I thought was fabulous. Yeah, you know, I I remember my brother and I went to what I, I think I might have been the Dixie Electric Company then back in, uh, in Hamilton. They came... Uh, Crackers, I think, yeah. And uh, we saw the Dixie Dregs there. They were great. Wow. That was yeah. yeah, that was a great show. They had this uh, electric fiddle player in the band. Oh, well, you can't go wrong with uh, an electric fiddle player. 
Oh, trust me. It, it red rocks. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not being facetious. Bud, how about you? Underrated bands we're talking. All right. I got two, but real quick, I want to touch on a couple things real quick. Um, it was Rudolph Schenker that was in Scorpions, Michael's brother. Ah, okay. Uh, you know what? I, th- I thought he was right. I thought it was Michael. Yeah, it's Rudolph. Okay. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, you and um, Rocky were talking about best American bands. Yeah. And everybody, you guys were mentioning Aerosmith, Eagles. I think I caught the whole segment, but I don't think either one of you mentioned Guns N' Roses or Metallica. I, I th- no, I think somebody did, but we kind of discounted that. I mean, it just depends. We're just talking about of all time, and yeah, those guys would definitely be in your top ten. There's no question about that. Right, right. And then my uh, two underrated bands, uh, one would be Shooting Star. Oh, yeah. And the other would be Nazareth. Both, both good rocking bands. And you know, Bud, Shooting Star was huge here in Cincinnati. Yeah, and in Missouri. That was about it. They were from Missouri. Yeah. And yeah, they were huge here, and but they just didn't get the national attention that I, I think they should have. They, they were awesome. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, when I worked at uh, EBN back in the day, back in the, I'm, I want to say like mid 80s and stuff, we jumped all over Shooting Star and we played the hell out of them. And like he said, they were huge in like Missouri and here. You know, well, they, we have good taste here. So. They go to some other market and play and, you know, maybe half fill a club. Mm-hmm. They'd come here, man, and go to Bogart's. It would sell out immediately. Hmm. Hey, how about you, Keith? What do you have? Underrated bands we're talking. Hey, Eddie, how about uh, Thin Lizzy? That's on my list. Yeah. I figured it would be. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, you. That's one of those bands you don't hear enough about. No, you don't. Uh, they were pretty influential. You read some of these, uh, some of the bands that came along afterwards. A lot of people were giant fans of those guys. Yeah, I try to make sure whenever I can, when I can get them on Big Hair Wednesday, on EBN, I do my part. At a girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fred, how about you? Underrated bands. Yes, I, I have two. Uh, they're both English bands. One is Jethro Tull. Okay. And a lot of people don't realize that Jethro Tull is not the member of a band. It's Ian Anderson. And as, uh, from what I understand, he was a Dickens character that Jethro Tull was. But Ian Anderson arranged, wrote, and did many of the uh, yeah. most uh, substantial you know, uh, uh, things that they, that, that they did. Well, I, I would tell you this, Fred. It's a, I think it's a crime that Jethro Tull isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Agreed. Right. And then the second one I have is Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Ooh. Yeah, That's a personal fave of yours, Eddie. I know. I, I, uh, yeah. I've i seen some uh, Song of the Days from, from those gentlemen. So, and, th- and thanks, Fred. Yeah, that's a band that, uh, again, I don't understand why they're not in the rock hall, but that's, that's just me. Mike, how about you? We're talking underrated bands. What's yours? Well, first of all, how you all doing? Right, man. Uh, I, I gotta go with uh, Pure Prairie League. Yeah, Cincinnati's own Pure Prairie League, and uh, that, that's right. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, that was pretty loud. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk to Dan. Dan, underrated bands. Hey, I got two for you. Of course, I've, I've, I've tuned in a little late, and I don't think anybody's mentioned yes. 
No. Nope. They're def- definitely an underrated band. And uh, another way old one, Mata Hoople. That was on my list, as a matter of fact. Yeah, all the way from Memphis, all the young dudes. Uh, took a lot of accolades from uh, David Bowie. Yep, as a, you know what that they were actually at one point one of my favorite bands. I'm used to listen to a lot of Mott. You should too. They, that kind of the English glam thing that you. Well, you know that I'm all about that. Absolutely, I'm all but, about that life. Putting on those giant stacked heels and ah oh, yeah platforms with glitter. Platform glitter platforms. I'm buying in. If that if that's what your your like rock look is about, I already like you no matter what your music actually sounds like. Oh, Rob, let's get one more in before the break here. What do you have? Underrated bands. I had I kind of lost my thunder with the shooting star guy, but I just like to piggyback onto that. I think they were like the poor man's Kansas, and that kind of hurt him in the long run. But I throw a Cincinnati band in there. I, I kind of late to the conversation, but how about the Raisins? Agreed. That's you don't know how many uh, Friday and Saturday nights, or even a Wednesday night, <laughs> I spent in a bar watching those guys. They were they were I, great. I'd say we were there the same night a couple of times. Yeah, that was an awesome local band. All right, thanks, Rob. Let's uh, check. It is 549 at News Radio 700 WLW. That is a tornado warning that you just heard a couple of minutes ago in case you just tuned in. I want to repeat it for you. Tornado warning is in effect until 615, and this is for eastern Clinton County. It's for northwestern Highland County and for southwestern Fayette County. There is a severe thunderstorm that is capable of producing a tornado. It was located near Hillsboro and moving to the north at 50 miles an hour. And you have, according to the National Weather Service, flying debris obviously will be dangerous to people without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed, damage to roofs and windows. Vehicles will occur. Tree damage, obviously, 
is likely, and the locations uh, that are impacted, Hillsboro, Sabina, uh, Leesburg, New Vienna, Russell, Staunton, Highland, Lees Creek, Reeseville, and Samantha. Uh, tornado warning continues for the next 25 minutes for uh, Fayette County, Clinton County, Highland County in southwest Ohio and in central Ohio. We'll keep you updated. We'll have another update for you coming up in the news at 6 o'clock. There is a line. This is that front that we've been talking about all day uh, that has made it through uh, and uh, really stretches from central Kentucky, the Lexington area, whole strong stretch of heavy rain and storms that stretches from about Lexington north through Georgetown, Ohio, and up into Hillsboro and into the Wilmington area. Wilmington not getting hit quite as heavily as Hillsboro and down into Georgetown, but uh, that is the story right now on News Radio 700 WLW. Here's the latest track. You go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. From the UC Health Traffic Center, your actions can help save lives. Please help prevent the spread of COVID-19 by wearing a mask, practicing social distancing, and washing your hands often. They've cleared the accident on inbound 74 approaching Beekman. The uh, backup is gone. Injury accident on Gilbert Avenue has the road closed between Elsinore Place and Eden Park Drive. Now an accident on Dixie Highway near Stevenson in Erlanger. The traffic lights are out at the intersection of Colerain Avenue and Springdale Road. Treat that as a four-way stop. And just a heads up, some downed trees and power lines are uh, on Pippin Road south of Springdale Road, as well as Struble at Pottinger. I'm Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLW. Hey, Rachel, till the top of the hour, got the Hot Stove League coming up tonight. Mm -hmm. Joe Morgan is going to be a guest. Yeah. Hear more about that with the Lance coming up. But in the meantime, we're going to close this out about. Uh, most underrated bands, according to you, and wanted to get to Randy. You've been holding for a while, buddy. What do you have? I've got uh, two. I've got a group called Shannon's Harvest. You ever heard of them out of Missouri? Negative. They are awesome. How about Blacktop Mojo? Negative. Negative. Well, how about Naked Truth out of Cincinnati? That I have heard. All right. Yeah, if you want to really listen to somebody pretty good, listen to Shannon's Harvest out of Missouri. And Blacktop Mojo, they are extremely good. They do some covers, and uh, you'll you'll like it. I know your kind of music. Uh, um, we're not we're not doing no Pure Prairie League. I, I get it, but it's it's more of the uh, the harder side of life. You uh, like it, Randy? We'll look it up, man. Thanks. Hey, how about you, Keith? Thanks for holding, buddy. You've been there a while. What do you got? Yeah, I got a great American band, Fastball, from Texas. They've been around since, like, 1998. They had The Way, and every yeah. album's great. And I saw them at the Taft maybe two years ago in the basement. There were, like, 50 people there, but they played like there were, you know, 20,000. Just a great working band with great music. Uh, for, yeah, fastball. That, yeah, fastball, uh, I got a story about that. Oh. But I, I don't have time. I want to get to all the calls we okay. got here. But my, what's, I forget the guy's lead singer's name, like Miles Zuniga or something like that. He was Mojo's, uh, uh, Nixon's nemesis. Oh, no way. And That's it, awesome. Well, the only reason he didn't like it because they were successful and it pissed him off. <laughs> I love Mojo. He's great. Hey, TJ, how about you? We're talking underrated bands. 
Toadies. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That is a good one. Thanks, buddy. Uh, and I think this kid agrees. Yeah. Hey, Jim. Teach him young, right? <laughs> how about you? Underrated bands we're talking here. Well, the polls over, closed down. If you, if you buy one of their albums, you buy all of them. Little Feet. Ah, uh, for, for sure. That's it, man. I think the answer. Little Feet. One of the greatest Southern rock bands of all time. If Jim. you haven't listened to one of their albums, my God, you'll buy Waiting for Columbus. Don't feel yeah. uh, feet and family now. Come on, man. Jim, that is the greatest underrated band ever. I will tell you one of the best shows I ever saw in my life was Absolutely. at Dayton Hair Arena and Little Feet was touring without waiting for Columbus. It, Absolutely. It, it was fantastic. And thanks, buddy. We close out with that, and now we get to your choice. Um, okay, so I, this is—I I have a lot of underrated bands, but they're like hipster bands, and I'm not going to be that person that gives hipster bands, you know, for alt rock currently, because right. that's. So I'm going to go with my '80s under like underrated band, please. And I know I'm going to be judged harshly by you. I feel like. Go ahead. Firehouse. Who? Firehouse. Ah. <sighs> And that was my karaoke song, Don't Treat Me Bad. My roommate and I in college. That's ah, not a bad choice. I, you know, I, it could have been worse, right? The way you were acting, I was like, who, who are you No, but say? you're like, you're, you're the ultimate music snob, and I mean that with the most respect, <laughs> you know? A little uh, nerve-wracking. This is mine. We got news now. 700 WLW. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.